All right, let's do this. Uh, nice football red edition. 3-2 winners away to Western United. Man, I fucking hate the far east coast. Western, Ballarat, Bendigo, Geelong, United. They annoy the shit out of me and I wish they'd fold. And we beat them. We were 2-0 down and we beat them. Cooper is here. Tommy is here. Who wants to start and where do you want to start? Can you beat a club that doesn't exist? Fuck yes, you can. And you can do it from a perilous position of 2-0 down and come back and get three points. Brilliant. That's our boys. Why the fuck were we 2-0 down in the first place? That's what I want to uh, know. Because we're junk? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not that good at times. Yeah. I, uh, I only saw the first half due to reasons that we've discussed before this. Um, but Well worth it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I don't think we were as bad as people were saying. You know, everyone acted like we were playing absolutely abysmal in the first half. I don't think it was. We created a few chances, um, some poor finishing by Clough and Ibasuki, and then Dorigo sticks one away, and it's just for a, a bit of laziness on Halloran's part that it gets disallowed for offside. But I know Ooh, you've let him, you've let him get away with one there, Sam. I've I let him get away with unload. one. There. I know. I, well, I can't just unload on Halloran every week, but we all know he's a dumb dumb. But this is um, probably the you know the actual time that you can. This is. Totally validated. Like what? you're looking com- straight down the line. I know. It's criminal. It is criminal. But yeah, what do you think of that? That or that idea that we didn't actually play that bad? I didn't think we were that bad either. Um, we went back into where well, our supporters went back into proper pessimistic Adelaide United mode, and Zach Clough was the worst player in the world, and Adelaide were abysmal in the first 45 minutes, but I thought we were probably the better side in the first 45 minutes, and I thought that Clough was our best player. No, no. I look, I agree with you, Clough being good. Don't get me wrong, Dishy has come into his own the last three weeks, and we've discussed why. He's yeah, finally... I still, still thought he was pretty poor last week, but this week I thought he was great. Mm, great. In patches. In, in well, patches. He took the goal well. Compared for to sure. what he's been dishing out, I'll, <laughs> we're going to give him a generous great. Uh, what did he get this? One well-taken goal, three shots on target, two chances created. Much more involved. He got the uh, fans player of the match. I'm not like we gave him a chance up until the point where we weren't going to give him a chance anymore. And then it seemingly he's come okay now. Yeah, I just I want to believe in the cloth project. I think he can work. I don't think he's on the level of Flores and Karuska, but he could probably have an impact uh, nonetheless going forward. We're winning the league this year, and Zach Clough is winning the Johnny Warren. <laughs> oh, he's about, go, he's about to go on the run of a lifetime. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm stoked that we're like unbeaten in five at the moment. We're in we're in a good nick. We're doing our streaky thing, whatever. But when you look at like the last month's results. The, the City game that we dropped, where we were 3-2 up going into the 90th minute. The victory game that we should have won that we only got a point out of. And then those deplorable Jets, who are now good, I've been in five themselves, knocking on the door for a top six spot. But in that form that they were in, on that kind of day, we should have been winning. If we take maximum points out of those three games, we are top right now. And it just goes to show those slim margins to success. Yeah, it's all, I think it's already it's easy to fall into that trap of, you know, saying if you just won all those games, you know, maybe maybe you look at, you would definitely take a few of them. If you turn a few of them into wins, that's probably more realistic than saying if you won all of them, you, you're bound to drop points at some point. I'm just so, I'm still so super fearful that I think another month like that is still only just like around the corner. It's always potentially there, like it's lurking and it wouldn't surprise me if we just turned around and 
had a really crap month. We're, we're the sort of team that I think we're, um, when we win, we get a little bit of luck go our way, and when we lose, we're we kind of we kind of bring it on ourselves, or we kind of deserve it by not playing well. I don't know. You look what at we- the what have we got? We got eleven games to go, or whatever, ten games to go. We definitely have a dull period, and then a winning streak into the final series, which doesn't mean we're going to win the league. But you know, I, I would still have us comfortably second or third this season. Yeah, we're very much. Um... Look, with the A League, it's a league where people go, "Wow, we haven't been playing that well, and we're and we're third, we're equal second. And I think people get caught up in being surprised by it. Um, City are obviously in a class of their own. They got a game in hand. If they win said game in hand, they're eleven points clear at the top of the table. Yeah, so there's, 11, there's there's an eleven point gap in between first and second where we sit with the Mariners an equal second. But then there's only five points between us and being ninth in a twelve team league. Mm. It's it's ebbs and flows, and and like you said, we'll have another one of those periods, and we'll probably do. There's potential we still drop out the six again and come back into it. It's it's one of those leagues where it's it's probably silly to read into your table position anywhere before the last two weeks of the season. Oh, I like it, especially in the wake of uh, West Sydney victory city in the next three games. So that could. Uh... That could definitely shape where we finish amongst the uh, the stragglers, or if we do break into the top two properly. I look, I I love the fight back, and I love, I think more than anything, Carl Veer making early substitutions, being two 0 down. He brought Aaron Condor on at the fiftieth minute, and boy did he change the game. He lit it up when he came on. Mm, brought Aaron Kunda and Cavallo on. Um... That was an interesting choice. I didn't see the second half, so I have no idea what he was like. But uh, unreal to be <laughs> just seeing this sort of comeback. Great to see Aaron Kunda get so many minutes, like you said. Um, we've been screaming out for him to get more of a go, especially when you know when things aren't really working. And it, what I think Ibasuki's probably harsh to be the one replaced when I thought nah. Hall- Halloran was poor as well. But uh, I, don't I don't know. I think Halloran... Um... Even in his out of form, or you know, I mean, he ends up winning the penalty, doesn't he? He's perfected the art yeah. of the dive now. Does Halloran? <laughs> Ibasuki is so horrendously out of form. <clears throat> he spurned a really good chance where potentially he would have been ruled out for offside if it went in, and they looked at it. But nonetheless, those are the kind of things he should be sticking away. The yeah, the guys in a in a massive form slump, and we've got to try and figure out a different rotation of the front four in order to. Uh, you know, bring goals on. And so it's no surprise to me when we took him off that we ended up scoring three. Yeah, I think um, I think that move was probably less about how poor Halloran or Hero had been and more about changing the focal point. Um, I don't think we were going to score goals with Hiroshi up front in the back end of that game. And I still don't think Halloran was that great when he went up top, but Halloran being there allows you to have a little bit more fluent passing and potential a few more lanes to to attack for the faster mm-hmm. guys. Um, and it was cool Aaron, to see cool to see Goody drop into the ten as well. Hmm. Um, on Aaron Kunda getting more minutes, I think though he potentially showed us why he's not ready to start a game. Um, he had what, 25, 30-odd minutes in this game, and he was probably lucky to be on the pitch for the last 10 of it. He's still very reckless and very inexperienced, and I don't know I don't know how well he survives 90 minutes. Mm, Sammy agrees. You, you're going to say he was lucky. I don't. I, 
I, look, I, the first challenge I missed while I was watching it ended up coming back and then they were talking about him getting sent off for, you know, a genuine attempt at the ball, I thought. And, mm, uh, went, back and, went back and looked at the first foul. Is that a yellow card? That's harsh. It's definitely. It's, yeah. The first is definitely oh, a yellow card. It's it's high, it's studs, he's jumping, it's reckless. He's not jumping. Um, he's It's a genuine attempt to block the ball. Like, the guy has got there before him, yes, but he's had barely laid contact. It's this whole thing again where how much does a genuine attempt to play the ball really come into... Like if you're not ma- if you if you go studs through someone and you're not making a genuine attempt to play the ball, it's going to be a red card. So yeah. every challenge that is a yellow card is a genuine attempt to play the ball. Yeah, but so, you can't. It's it's such a stupid way to referee the game because you're going to end up having three or four different guys sent off if you applied that realistically throughout the duration of the fixture. Because there are many a time you're going to miss time a challenge that isn't reckless or it isn't uh, dangerous or violent in any way. You are just, it's a footballing incident. And that first one for me, he has every right to go for the ball. The guy pulls out of the challenge, doesn't get hurt. I don't think you need to book him for that. I think you can just tick him off given he had been on for what, six minutes. It's maybe his first foul. Yeah, I think it's, um if you think back to the Wellington game at the start of the season where Sass got sent off for Wellington, making a genuine slipped. attempt to block the ball and he slipped and mm. it's it's unlucky and, but, <clears> it's a, it's a, it, but it's a red card. And and it's one of those things is the you know Aaron Kunda for starters the first to me the first one is is a genuine yellow card, but regardless of whether it is or isn't he's on a yellow card. Why is he making a slide tackle from behind a player in the first place? In the situation where he nearly ends up with a second. Yeah, I think the second one is far more yellow card than the first one, and just the fact that he is already on the yellow makes me think that second one was pretty. Dumb, pretty foolish. Um, a slide tackle from behind where you don't get the ball is pretty much always a yellow card, uh, genuine attempt or not. So I think he probably has gotten away with one there. I do agree with, I think the first one is, I know the studs are there, but I think it is more pretty stiff, that first one. Um, I don't know why referees love giving those yellows where they do it all the time. Defenders and goalkeepers are really good at sucking it in as well, where they their follow through is what connects with the player. And it's like if that's the case, he's actually the one. He's the one like, in the motion. He's the one kick. kicking yeah. someone. Like I'm not that's saying it. he should be booked either, but just play on. There's going to be collisions. Um, but yeah, the second one, pretty lucky I think, given it's a slide tackle from behind. Maybe the ref did let him off because of the first one. And uh, yeah, I think so. They've just given a little ticking off. Uh, but it was it was the liveliness of Irin Kunda that changed the game. And so it's like a guy actually willing to get in the face of the man on the ball in the opposition, which we weren't doing for that ten minute period yep. after they scored the second. Uh, I, like I get why John Aloisi is mad. Because the guy that has changed the game, he thinks could have been sent off. But if that's what you're relying upon is for a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old to get a second yellow so that he doesn't ultimately bring Adelaide United back from the brink, you've got larger problems than <laughs> than this one singular refereeing incident. Yeah. Um, cloth tucks, cloth, dish cloth, tucked away a nice goal in the end. Um, Craig Goodwin hit a ripper free kick that I really wish did go in off the post. Oh, and was his. Great. Um, although happy for Kiddo to score. And then we get a pen at the end and or towards the end. And is it a pen? Uh, I don't know what if you want to talk about any of those goals. Uh the yeah, cloth beautifully tucked away. Um, it's a great finish. Aaron Kunda, the burst of speed again in order to get in behind the defender and pull it back. That's perfect. It's just brilliant wing play, and it's everything that we miss when he's not on the field. 
And it seems like that's what you want with the way that we tactically set up. Second goal, like you said, Goodwin direct free kick from that angle. The people that I was with uh, were questioning, why why would he shoot from there? Why? It's like, why would you not? You've got the best foot in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he honestly believes he can score that. And I wish it went in too. But, you know, for the two best left backs in the league this weekend to score rippers, uh, Ryan Kiddo and uh, Jordy Bose, it's good. It's illustrious company for Kiddo to be amongst. Love that. And then, yeah, he's pulling a face. Kiddo's been great. He's the second highest scoring left back in the league. Don't know if that's what we're going to judge our left backs on, but anyway. What do you want to judge him on? All his really good performances. No, I I agree. I think he's been fantastic this season. (laughs) Um, I I was going to make a comment. He said it. He's finally said it, (laughs) everyone. He's done it. He said it. Hit the button. We've done it. This is not the first time I shut the pod down. Now, when he said earlier that Clough got the fan voted player of the match, um, it made me think about Ryan Kiddo's consistency because this is another one of those games where if we dropped points in this game, Kiddo would have been the player of the match again. And it seems to be that every game that we lose, Kiddo is the player of the match because he's the one guy that doesn't really drop below his consistent standard level. Mm, thank you. Yeah, he's this season's Javi Lopez. Like, if you take Craig Goodwin out of the picture... Who is the actual best player of the season? And yeah, you're right. It's probably Ryan Kiddo. Um, on Klopp's goal, like you said, Aaron Kunda, fantastic. Um, it was a confident finish though, mm-hmm. and and to me that's exciting. I don't think we've seen him play with with much confidence in the eighteen months that we've watched him for, and no. he started to string a couple of of better performances together, and it's run into a, a very very good one on the weekend and a very confident finish. That's the first proper goal we've seen him score. Because I've maintained the Man City goal, uh, the Man City, the Melbourne City goal in the semi final was a fluke. It was a fluke. He didn't mean it. No, God, no. The one that bounced off him at home a couple of weeks ago, he didn't know anything about. So that is genuinely good to see him score a proper goal. Yeah. Um, and the Goodwin penalty, uh, for mine, it is a penalty. And I think it's good refereeing too. I think it's one of those ones that's easy to not give. And potentially, if he hadn't given it, VAR might have gone, oh, maybe, maybe there's not enough to overturn that there. Uh, whether it's smart from Halloran or whether he knew what he was doing or not, you simply, if you are going to lunge at a forward in the box, you have to play the ball. Yeah. If you, um, if people go and listen to our weekly Europod episode 101 is up, um, we mentioned the Graylish one. And I talked about how when players get in the box and they just kind of change their line and cut across, cut across the defender, and then the defender makes contact purely because they're existing there and standing there. This one is nothing like that. He leans straight into his back. Terrible defending, just completely stupid. And then has the audacity to complain. Uh, come on, man. And also you play for Western United, so just shut up. Yeah, reevaluate Halloran, all your decisions. Halloran, really positive run, just showing that burst. He gets a bit lucky with the the kind of deflection that goes in his path where he, he still did that thing where he looks we- really weak in that 50-50 there. But he got a bit of luck that went his way and then he made it count, earned the penalty and Goody tucks it away. So Ooh, yeah. good stuff. It's the, um, don't forget the Iren Kunda header as well. We had no right to win that header, to flick that on into Halloran's yeah. path. I- again, this, this kid, what is his ceiling? He's He was brilliant off the bench. Yeah, uh, good stuff. So uh, I don't know if you want to have any mention of, at all about the the centre-back pairing going into the game. What were your thoughts initially going mm. with Warland and Barr? Because I know we don't feel too strongly about Barr at this stage. I know he's he's okay, I think, is where we land. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys, well, I know you did, Tom. I don't know if you got around to the A-Legal Access episode during the week, Sammy. Um, uh, not yet. 
most of that episode, like obviously you start with Goodwin and his Manapara and whatnot, but then you you come into the game last week's game against Brisbane and 90% of what Carl screams about on the sideline, especially during the first half, is how Popper and Lockie Barr just kept turning the ball over by yeah. instead of recycling the ball. Like we spoke about in the grandstand the other week, how City are the best team in this league because they are so patient and they just recycle and recycle and recycle. Yeah, they have the, the ball quality players to do it there. as well, yeah. And, and Barr and Popper just kept playing these long balls and it wasn't working. And, and Cole, he sat down on the bench at one point and looked at Mark Milligan and said, my patience is wearing really fucking thin with this kid. Yeah. Um, and... So off the basis of watching that, I wasn't that surprised to see him out of the 11. I, I just think, again, that this kid is our best centre-back. and But he is obviously still so young. And why are we not taking this opportunity? Okay, he wants to bring Warland in. Why are we not going, fuck, let's maybe, you know, spurn a little bit, get Barr out of this team and have some genuine A-League experience play next to Popper for a decent period of time because Lockie Barr is not a long-term solution to a centre-back spot in this team. And I think there's a little bit of give and take and that you just have to back Popper in. And, and you know, I think I'll reserve pure judgment on Carl's decision as to whether he just thought, you know, maybe one week out of the side to refresh him and he might bring him back in next to Wallen next week. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. Mm, I thought this is our weakest centre-back partnership. And I don't think it was better, no better illustrated in Bar getting sucked wide uh, when Prijevic moved wide. And then he plays a, this is before the second goal, plays a little sweet uh, pass inside. And then for whatever reason, Bar, instead of tracking his man, drops into an already heavily congested center uh, into the penalty box. And it allows Prijevic the time and space to pick it up on the edge of the box, pick his spot, 2-0. And that for me is, it's such basic defending that if you're going to allow yourself to be drawn wide, Trust that your DMs, you know, we have Isaias and we have Dorigo. Trust that they're fulfilling your spot in the penalty area. Track your man. Like that's, you've made the decision, now follow through with it. And it's things like that that I think set apart. If you're going to have Popovich make that mistake, you would hope that he's going to learn from it and the experience is going to drive him forward and grow a little bit more. But with Bar, you just, you think this is who he is as a centre back, and it it's it's worrying going forward. Yeah. I can't I, I can't understand why Ansel and Popper don't, don't play together. I don't think he's particularly good with the ball at his feet either. Bar, I mean, like you know, it, this sounds very harsh, but I mean, I think he is just he's okay. He's not a horrible player. Like I would much rather have Lockie Bar than have Jacob, Jacob Trap. Jacob Trap, yeah, or have um who was the other one we had? Timotheu. I would much rather have Lockie Barr, sure. And he's an SA kid. He's worked hard in the NPL for a while and got his chance. Do love that. Um, squad depth, though. He's just, to me, he's just a player that should be squad depth. I'd be seeing, I, I would like to see Warland and, um, uh, sorry, Ansel and Popper. I just, I'm unsure what the deal is with Ansel. If he, is he actually injured again or is it just, Carl just doesn't like him? He had, like, had that was... game where he came in and played really well and just can't get a game again. Like, yeah. if that's the case, if he's not injured, why the fuck did we sign him then? If and why are we him, paying him good money? Yeah. What's the deal, Carl? Sort it out, man. That makes no it's sense It's really to me. pissing me off, to be honest. Like, it's just a waste of a spot then. You know, if we're going to get this guy in, a, an experienced A-League winner. Is he an A-League winner? Like, Let's say that he was. He played for victory during that, yeah, that fruitful period for him. So let's, let's say, say yeah. he was. And then to, to not be playing. <laughs> we then, don't have many of them. Yeah. 
It just just baffles me. Really annoyed about it. I'm getting irrationally annoyed here. God. Is this another scenario where Carl knows more than we do? Or because you're he probably right. Does. He's, he's the coach. He's, you know? he's left out completely of this team. When he came in and played with 10 men against MacArthur and kept a clean sheet, what more do you want from a guy? The only reason that Ansel and Popper should not be starting at centre-back next to each other when we have a fully fit squad is if we are playing Warland and Popper together as an eye to the future. It is the only reason. If they see that as a long-term combo, it is the only reason that we don't play the two best centre-backs we have. One thing that this club has always been really poor at doing is reporting its injuries to fans. We will... We're always guessing. We will post a line-up on a Friday night and we'll be sitting in the stands at Highmarsh and look at it and it'll be the other week there was one why is Aligic on the bench oh he's not fit why is Barnard in the squad oh he's done a hamstring but we find these things out on Tuesday after we've been in a game on Friday night it's, it's really really poor yeah there was there was one time we were at RGK and we were questioning where's Ben Wallen been we haven't heard anything what's going on and then some of them we were with was like oh yeah my brother knows him he got tickets from him today he's out because of a training ground challenge and you're like well what <laughs> why does it take why don't we know this? RGK <laughs> yeah um I'll just also I, I know you just mentioned there an eye for the future on being like Ben Warland and um Popper together even if it's not Popper and Popper is like the third choice and you still go with, like Ansel is still only 29. You know, I know he's had those injuries, but I think he's he's got definitely a few good years of Premier, uh, Premier League, A-League football Man, in him. Premier League. A-Liga, A-La Liga. He's, got, he's <laughs> definitely got a few years of really solid football in him and I just want to see him get in there. Ben Ben's 26, you know, so he's still coming along as well. Um, he's getting to that point where you can't start making excuses for him, but I think there's a there's a solid player there too. Um, Definitely, I just I looked it up. Nick Ansell played a key role in Melbourne victories, 2014, 2015 yeah. Premiership, Championship, yeah, double. Look, I um, that's done it. So I quite... been very young then as well. Mm. I, qu- I quoted Antonis last week in saying this, and I'm going to quote it again because it still stands. Um, I'm almost done questioning what Carl's doing and what this squad is doing and just smile and waving while they continue to pick up points. Yeah. That, there is the aspect of like, you know, Maybe. he's the coach and, you know, those guys and his coaching staff, they're out there every week watching them train every day. And all we are, uh, you know, spectators who watch the games. Um, but you know, that's that's what we're here to do, you know. He spectators are um, gonna speculate and uh he's a fucking it. he's a fucking keyboard warrior too, Carl. If you watch all access, he screams his tit off all day and he's saying to Millsy uh, when we get in there at half time, I'm gonna put a rocket up in his ass and he gets in there and he's like, Oh yeah, boys, maybe just maybe just fix this. Right. <laughs> oh, you're going after Carl now, let's go. Cooper's going to tee off soon. I, I'm worried what's going to happen. He's going to explode one day and yeah, someone, someone's um, going to cop it. Harry Sutar copped it on the Europod and now... Well, the good news for Calvier is the really inconsistent A-League form with not a lot of guaranteed success is a recipe to get yourself into a soccer who's coaching position. So Oy, There it is. There we go. Um, there it is. Moving on, we've got... Western Sydney this week at home, which I believe only you are able to attend, Cooper. Um, followed by victory away in City at home. A big three weeks, I tell you. We currently sit third somehow in this table, oh, equal on points with the Mariners. So um, a win over Western Sydney here would see us 
make a bit of a gap to them. But yeah. Yeah, it's a big think, game. Yeah, I don't think West Sydney have the firepower to beat us, Coop. Um I was worried about this game coming into it because I wasn't sure they had the firepower to beat us, but I didn't think I thought we had the lesser firepower and less chance of beating them. Um we were Ukraine versus Russia, Klof, what you're trying to say. Klof is in in good nick at the moment, and I thought this was gonna be the real I'd I had this game eyed out on the calendar. If the form run continued into it, it was gonna be the real test because it's probably the hardest defense in the league to break down. Um now off the back of a derby on the weekend, we're potentially coming up against the Western Sydney side without their captain, without Marcelo, who's been the best centre-back in the league so far this season by some way, in my opinion. Um, so there is a bit of a hole there. Um, there's also a gap on the left wing for potentially Cassini Yengi to come in for Embakoto. Um, Really weird decision, I thought, personally, by... Marco Rudan to leave Yengi on the bench completely in this derby when they were chasing a goal. He seems to, I don't know how good his form's been, but I mean, with us and even in the derby earlier in the season, he seems to be the guy that lives for these occasions. And I just felt like if anyone in that squad was going to get them a goal, it was going to be him. Yeah, I agree. He's obviously not happy with them at somewhere along the line. And this is classic grass is not always greener, Cassini. 100%. Um, just looking ahead, we're three of our last four games are at home for Adelaide. So, you know, we take all the points we can get from these away games, like victory and stuff coming up. We should be beating victory, but, you know, you just never know with that fixture. Games like this at home now, more crucial than ever. Need the three points from all of them, although City City come to visit in a few weeks. That'll be tough. Um, I don't know. I don't know where we end up. I have no idea what to expect. We could have a dud month. We could have a really not, a really good month. Who knows? Do you start Ibasuki again this weekend or do we think of some other option? I think you give him a rest. Give him a, yep. give him a day yeah, off. Maybe bring him on with 20 to go and see what we can do, depending, yeah, on, depending um, on what the game's looking like. Finishing second, if we're going to have a real tilt at this, finishing second is huge for all of these teams around the mark because last year we suffered from having to play city across two legs because I don't think there is a team in this league that can beat Melbourne city across a two leg semi-final. Agreed. Um, and so finishing second, meaning that you'll only have to beat them once on the day, just like Western United did last year um, is huge for any team that's, that's going to have a go at them. Um yeah, so we need yeah, to, we, if we're going to have a tilt, we need to take advantage of having all those home games. We have quite a good record against City as well. Um, it's true. That'll be score, a fun away day, City, Adelaide and Sydney. <laughs> no, nah, not going with boycotting, remember. Score predictions for West Sydney this week? Um, It'll be go, low scoring. Yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 Adelaide. Yeah. 1-0 Adelaide, 1-0 Adelaide. I'm also oh, going to go 1-0 Adelaide. Yeah. There you go, smart. a hat-trick hat of 1-0 Adelaide. It's 3-0 Adelaide. All right, we might wrap it there. Thanks for listening. You can go check out the Europod this week, episode 101. Talked about plenty of shit over there. Cooper Cooper said some weird stuff again. That's what he's here for. We brought him in for stats and things. And, uh, and controversy. Yeah, he mispronounced uh, Brugger and then got really angry at me. So go listen to that. Well, you are a grammar pedant. Like, come on. Shut Maybe up. Maybe you should reflect upon yourself a little bit as well, Sammy. Have a good week, folks. Please.